Hello and welcome to Called Bank in one of the more depressing episodes of late. The Jazz ended up falling to Denver. I'll be honest, I did not watch the game live in part due to work and school, but also in part due to the fact that I invest myself way too much in these games. I put way too much emotion in them and I knew that I would not be able to sleep afterwards if the Jazz lost, which was my sad prediction that it would happen and I mean it came down to the wire but you know Denver ended up fighting back in this series and while the Jazz did put forth a lot of heart in the end Denver put forth an equal amount if not more and pulled it out yeah game seven was a really disappointing loss um I feel like a lot of people are going to be talking about Conley saw it at the end how it was so close and it just came down to that um the Jazz, they really lost it in the first half. Uh, obviously, like the second half was awesome. They fought hard. Um, Donovan Mitchell was insane. Like uh, I feel like most of the shots that he took were bad shots, but they were just going in. He was just he was on something in the second half. He was he he like really proved himself as a superstar. If he hadn't earlier in the season in the series, he did in Game Seven. But if you look at the first half. Um, the Jazz were down big at the end of the half, and it w- it wasn't because they were playing awful basketball. Um, maybe maybe towards the end of the first half they kind of got sloppy, but for the most part they were moving the ball great on offense. Uh, defense for both teams was really great all game long. That's why it was such a low scoring game. Um, like the Jazz held the Nuggets to just over fifty points in the first half, so the defense was fine, but. It's just their shots weren't falling. Um, Yang, he missed a lot of wide-open shots. Same with Ingles. Like, after Ingles scored the first five points in the game, he just kept missing. So, it's a really tough loss because they fought hard. It was an awesome game. It was one of the most enjoyable games so far in the bubble. But uh, the Jazz just didn't hit the shots that they were supposed to. And if they had, it would have been a much different story. You know, I do definitely have to give the Jazz credit, though, looking at kind of the box score and stuff. When it comes down to it, coming back from 19 points back down to lose by two is insane in any scenario. But when the final score of the team that you were down by 19 to is 80, and that was 25% of the points that they scored in the whole game, to make it that close just shows how much the Jazz did want it. Um Like you said, I really think that what it comes down to right now is as much as I love George Nyang, um, Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, um, you need some role players who are a bit more consistent in coming out. Donovan is obviously by far the best player the Jazz have. And then you have good players in the back. You have um, Conley and you have Gobert and you do have Clarkson who can come in on a given night. And other players who can go off. But what you really need is a second player who you can count on. And then having a third player, you know, that kind of rotates in like, oh, Royce O'Neal had a great night. Um, Oh, Gobert went off for 20. Oh, we had Joe just go, just go on fire from downtown. And so really, I just feel like the Jazz need a tiny bit more consistency on who their leading scorer is. Yeah, I like most like almost every game you can trust Mitchell. Um 
Conley in the bubble. He's been pretty reliable. Uh, I would like to see him shoot a little bit more, but he's been taking good shots and hitting the shots. And Clarkson has been huge, but other than that, there hasn't really been a consistent offensive piece for the Jazz. I, f- I feel like, um, at least in the bubble, of course, there's Bojan. He was awesome during the season. Um, but if I feel like Gobert really needs, if he can work and um, get to be able to get his own offense, then that could be a huge thing for the Jazz. Um, I know like the post-up game is kind of going away in the NBA, but uh, the Jazz are a team that might be able to bring it back with Gobert. Um, or even if Gobert just kind of got a little bit of a mid-range shot like like LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, I don't think that's that's too too far out of the question. That could have made a big difference in the series. And I mean, what Clarkson, I do have to you know, do call him out for games 5 through 7 where he didn't really show up. I mean, in the first few games he was there, but had he shown up in any one of the last games, the Jazz might have won it. And that's that's what really hurts, is the Jazz just needed a tiny bit more. I mean, had Denver lost, there would have been games where Denver just absolutely lost them. But aside from, I believe it was game six, where the Jazz pretty pretty much just weren't entirely there, and they, it was close, but they ended up losing by almost double figures, the Jazz were in every single game, down to the wire in every single game. So, I mean, there's, it's definitely a learning experience, but it's just a really hard learning experience to be the 12th team in NBA history to have lost a 3-1 lead. Yeah, it, it, gives, it gives us a lot to think about for the offseason, and I'm sure like, we'll have plenty of time to go into that. Um, but I feel like there's a lot that this team learned this season. Uh, Mitchell, like we, are, we all knew who he was like last year in the playoffs when the jazz um, lost in five games to the Rockets. Mitchell was the reason that they didn't get swept. Like he, he knows how to come in and play big and he did in game seven. Uh, Clarkson. Um, I've, I feel like if you look at the box store box score, even the advanced analytics, he might not be the best guy, but um, what he really brings to the table is sometimes like the Jazz, they don't have a ton of off like offensive-minded players who are super great at offense, but he is. And so sometimes, if you watch the Jazz's offense, people are kind of scared to shoot. They're passing around and passing up open shots, even though they're open. And sometimes they just get in a funk where they're scared to shoot. And whenever that happens, you see Quinn Snyder. He puts in Jordan Clarkson, and Jordan Clarkson is not scared to shoot, which sometimes that's just what the Jazz offense need. Um it also leads to Jordan Clarkson having some really bad field goal percentages in some games, but uh, sometimes I'm just bringing that energy and shooting the ball can get the rest of the team going. Yeah, and I mean, I definitely have seen the scared to shoot from the Jazz perspective, and I love Donovan, and him driving to the rack can just result in some amazing plays, and he is very efficient at it, but I'd love to see working the clock a bit more, passing it around, and if you want to give it to Donovan with 10 seconds left at the top of the key, do that. But don't just waste 14 seconds beforehand. And, you know, take some open looks. 
because in the end, the Jazz need to be more one, di- more two dimensional and three dimensional than just Mitchell. And I'm really happy about the max contract that we can talk a bit more about, but they definitely do just need to bring some more help. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's definitely been it. Like this, that's why they brought in Bojan during the off season because they knew that they needed help with the offense. Um, and the Jazz, it's kind of interesting. Like the Jazz identity this season versus last season, it's a little bit different. Um, but with where the NBA is heading, I feel like the Jazz, they're trying to catch up, but they're kind of a step behind. And a lot of people have been talking about how Gobert is kind of holding them back. Because um, like, if, if the NBA was like 10 years ago, Gobert, Andre Drummond, uh, those kind of players, they would be like, huge stars all-stars uh getting paid max contracts like dwight howard was but the nba is moving away from that interestingly though the jazz seem to make it work like the jazz are better when rudy gobert is on the floor both on offense and defense uh even though he doesn't he's not always the highest scorer so um i wonder if quinn snyder can kind of recenter the nba or prove that um, big men can still win championships as one of your best players, even if they can't shoot. I think what kind of hurt the Jazz this season was they made steps forward offensively by getting Bojan and by making other decisions, but they also lost a lot defensively. Like Conley's plays with a lot of heart, but Rubio is a better defender. You know, you had Jay Crowder who just brings so much energy on the defensive end. And while he might not all might not be as good offensively as other players, like he is just there. And so by making these changes, they've lost defensive prowess and they really need to be able to bring that back with their offense to be formidable in the league. Since right now you look at the Bucks who are really suffering, but the reason that they had one of the best regular seasons of all time was in large part because of the fact that they are so good on the defensive end and the offensive end, which is a no-dust statement. But it is still something that's very important to the game, and that's why it's such a no-dust statement. Yeah, and the Jazz, they are in an interesting situation uh, because they're they're definitely not in a situation where they kind of want to scrap a lot of things and then rebuild around Mitchell. Because uh, they are a good team. They probably should have made it to the second round this year. Um, if things had gone slightly differently, they would have. Uh, so they're they're really looking... They're in a win-now state. But with how the Western Conference is, it's not normal that a sixth seed is a win-now state that thinks they can be a title contender in the next year or two. Unless they just have a lot of young up-and-coming talent which in the Jazz case, they have Donovan Mitchell. But other than that, they have a lot of veterans. Rudy Gobert, uh, Mike Conley, Bojan. Like, they're, they're all older players that aren't going to be getting too much better and might be starting to decline. So uh, the, GM, the GM for the Jazz really has to realize, like, like, or not really realize, but he has to plan ahead and see where the value is and what is going to be best for the future because they're in a they have a kind of tight window and they might be losing time with their current core 
Definitely. And, you know, I mean, I'm super happy about the max contract deal. I mean, it's going to hurt bringing in other players, but you did need to make Donovan happy to be able to keep him for the long term. I also don't think that you're going to see Donovan just with the person who he who he is request a trade or anything or try to get out um, barring anything crazy happening. And I guess after the last few months, crazy stuff can come out of the blue. So locking in Donovan for the next four seasons before a player option is super exciting. And I do think that, you know, getting Jordan Clarkson locked up this offseason is something the Jazz need to take steps to do. Um, And I was watching an interview that he gave talking about going into free agency and it being his first time. And I, I just need to know if I'm overreacting. He is wearing a Chicago White Sox hat during that interview. So, I mean, I don't know where he's from, but I don't know what other message you're sending, you know, wearing the White Sox hat, unless you're saying I want to go to the Bulls. If I was Jordan Clarkson, I wouldn't want to go to the Bulls. (laughs) They have Zach Levine there, who is just a better version of Jordan Clarkson. So I'm guessing that's just he's saying he's a White Sox fan um, because most players... um, like, they may come into the league with their favorite team, but once they get here, it's more business and it's more, um, like, what team can I succeed with? Um, so, I I wouldn't be too worried about that, but we can go down that rabbit hole if you want to. Um, so we're going to read the first article on Sports Chicago. Um, I don't, I haven't seen a date yet. It Okay, this was June 1st, 2017, so... That's that's a bit out of date. I just googled Jordan Clarkson Chicago White Sox and it came up with a Chicago Bulls article. So, no, I I know I'm overreacting and I'm just kidding more so, but you know he's someone that the Jazz have to lock up, be, but he'll be demanding max money, which is just something that's really hard to give someone when you do want to try some to find some more role players who you can fit and take to a championship. And the Jazz aren't a team who can just go out and blow money and end up spending paying a luxury tax like they do have to win more on a budget than other teams due to market size and due to lack of recent um playoff success yeah so and the, the, well the jazz they've been good at finding good role player talent um they they really had some role players come out of nowhere and really do great for them this season but the tough part like i feel like their biggest limitation is once they sign Mitchell, um, Gobert is getting paid a lot of money. Conley's getting paid a lot of money. Bojan's getting paid a lot of money. And now Mitchell's going to be paid a lot of money. And then you're going to have to give um, Jordan Clarkson quite a bit to stay around because other teams are going to be will Like, the Jazz might get in a bidding war there. Uh, so they're going to have to find unknown talent that will take a lot less money than most role players who can really fit into their system where they really just need uh, good players who can come on the court, play with energy, play good defense, and hit threes. Um, but as as that three-point talent, that's starting to be more and more valuable where a guy like J.J. Redick, where he really the main thing he brings to a team is shooting threes. He's not like an amazing defender. He's not a great athlete. He's not a facilitator. He just is amazing at shooting threes. 
like he, he gets paid a lot so the three-point shooting at, attribute skill is starting to cost a lot more in the nba so it might be tough for the jazz to find those players and the only draft picks they're going to be getting are second round and late first round which they have had success with in the past but it's going to be a lot more difficult to be able to get those to be able to find those players especially when you're looking at a west west conference that's um you know 10 12 teams deep realistically where even if you're able to sneak into the third or fourth seed you're still playing a team that's just as good if not better in the fifth or sixth seed so I don't feel like there's a lot of a lot of refuge in the playoffs. Um, you're gonna have a hard three rounds. Yeah, it's it's tough no matter what. You have to be tough in the West. You have to be tough in the East. But I feel like the East is like a lot easier during the season. Once you hit the playoffs, mainly the second round, then it gets really tough in the East. Like it, it's interesting to look at the second round now, because um, it felt like in the first round it was way more competitive in the west than it was in the east but now uh second round in the eastern conference any of the teams who made it we could see making it to the finals it's it's not crazy to think about that but in in the west like most people would be very surprised to see the nuggets or the rockets make it to the finals yeah and i mean it is crazy though how dominant the first two games were in each side where I mean Toronto got destroyed by Boston and then the last two games have been close and I mean Toronto got really lucky with the cross court pass for the three last night to keep it a series but if Miami beats Milwaukee tonight I mean barring some insane comeback that's you know just historical they're, Milwaukee's not going to make it to the to the finals again. Um, to wait, were they in the Eastern Conference Finals last last year? Um, yeah, because Toronto beat the Sixers in the semis, and then they beat that was the, the semis. Bucks. Okay, I couldn't remember. So I mean, they won't even make it to the Eastern Conference Finals this year, and so it's just insane to me to just see how dominant Boston and how dominant um the heat have been. So my, I really want to see Milwaukee do well. However, I do think that it would be really crazy to see Miami and Toronto, um, make it to the Eastern conference finals, just based off the fact how once Kawhi left, everyone sold Toronto out and just said, they're not going to be able to do anything this season. Like, yeah, they might make the seventh or eighth seed. And then when people were calling Butler out, for basically throwing away his career by going to Miami and just taking max money to the position where they might, you know, beat the Bucks, the team with the best regular season record, and go on to the Eastern Conference Finals and have a chance to make it to the and to the, you know, the NBA Finals. I I saw this like a notification came up on my phone a couple of days ago. It might have been yesterday, I don't know, but it was like it's like it was a report if the Bucks lose to Miami, then Giannis might sign with the Heat. I'm just like, where is this report coming from? Like, they're in the middle of the series. It's not like Giannis is talking to uh, reporters saying, like, yeah, my team is bad. I need to go join this other team that's beating me right now. Like, so I think it's funny how how much people, like, the series isn't even over yet. And people are always already talking about, like, 
two years down the road how Jimmy Butler and Giannis are going to team up. So I think it's funny how fast people jump to conclusions in the playoffs. Uh, like if you think about last year when the Celtics beat uh, the Bucks in game one of their series and then people are coming out saying, oh, it's that's a series like it's probably going to be a sweep now. The the Bucks aren't meant for the playoffs and then the Bucks go and win the next four. So yeah, gentlemen sweep goes the Bucks way. So no, I mean, I've heard Miami rumored around for Giannis for a while. I'm actually really interested to see what Giannis will do because he seems committed to Milwaukee. You know, and I guess KD seemed committed to um to OKC and of course LeBron James was committed to Cleveland. But I don't know if he'll leave quite yet. This is what I heard. But you also think that he'll want to sign um like he he yeah. hasn't come out and said anything like straight up, but he's like hinted pretty strongly towards this. Uh basically he said he's like he wants to win championships. And the, uh, Mitchell kind of said something similar to this. Like, so Giannis, he wants to win championships. And if he can win it in Milwaukee, that's his number one option. He wants to win it in Milwaukee. But if he feels like they're not putting a championship team around him, then he's willing to leave. And I'm pretty sure Mitchell said something pretty similar to that, where he's like, he wants to stay in Utah and win championships in Utah. But if he feels like Utah can't put a championship team around him, and he'll go somewhere else to win a championship. So it, it, I, I kind of like when players do that because they are being loyal, but they're also putting pressure saying, hey, I'm not going to be around here forever if you don't do what you need to to make us successful. And, and I'm, I'm sure if he feels like the front office isn't doing enough to give him a championship, to give him the pieces to win a championship, then he'll definitely look around at other places and move. And when you're Giannis and when you're Donovan and when you're Kevin Durant and when you're LeBron James, when you're one of the top 50 to 60 people in the world at your profession, I mean, there's going to be moving around. Like when you think about the top executives at companies and things like they move around and they do things because they're the top 200 or top 300 or top 400 at their job in the world. And these people are like literally right now, I mean, double digits, like max on where they are. So I definitely feel like fans have these feelings of loyalty that they want replicated. But in the end, like the mark of a successful NBA career is winning a championship. Like that instantly puts you on a different level of discussion because you, then you even have the next tier of, oh, well, who are the best players without championships? Oh, you know. Is st- are these players without rings, are they the best point guard without a ring? So in the end, I mean, it's important to win championships. And it's really hard to support players who do it, especially when they leave your team. But I do totally understand the sentiment. Yeah, like 100%. It's, you kind of have to respect their decision if um, they're not getting the respect they need or the pieces they need on their team. Uh, but I would have to imagine that that's that's a tough decision. Like uh, for me, if I like imagine as an NBA player, where um, like the popular thing to do right now for superstars is to get like the one and one contracts, um, where you get one year with a player option. And so, like 
Uh, I'm guessing superstars probably do that to keep the pressure on the front office so they have to keep putting together championship squads. But imagine if if just like every two years or every year you just start working in a different city that has to be rough. So I, I'm sure players take that into account. Like it's, it's no, it's not always just a business decision. Like these are people. And like, if I had to move cities every year for my work, I'd probably look for a more stable position to be in. That's fair. And we'll, I mean, in the end, we're going really in depth for something that doesn't start for another month and a half. So we'll definitely focus more on free agency and these next five or six episodes or so are definitely going to be more focused on the basketball that's currently going on. So we are going to shift focus a bit away from the jazz unless there's major news and move towards the semifinals, conference finals, and then finals these next few weeks. But we really appreciate you for turning, tuning in and we're sad to have had to do this episode about the season coming to an end for the jazz, but we're looking forward to next season come December or January. 